Hey guys, so just before this podcast goes up, uh, I just wanted to say that we tried out a new mic this week, uh, and we actually had some audio issues. You're going to hear a little bit of crackling every once in a while from that new microphone. Uh, we'll get the issues uh, oiled out for next week, the fin- season finale of our first full season of the Midwest Auto Sports Podcast, but stick through it. It's a great show. Uh, we talked about a lot of really cool stuff that happened this last week, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, bear with the little bit of audio issues, and uh, thank you all for listening and hopefully we'll see you next week. It's to another episode of the Midwest Auto Sports Podcast. My name is Lauren Kelly, the founder of Midwest Auto Sports. And I am Will Garrett, the driver analyst. Driver analyst? Is that your? Is that the name that we're going with now? I don't know. I just kind of threw something out there to right. see if it stuck. <laughs> that, that'll work. <laughs> uh, as always, we're sponsored by Pedal Down Promotions. Pedal Down Promotions is a full-service public relations and media services company devoted to helping businesses, organizations, civic groups, sports teams, and book authors effectively communicate with targeted audiences through a diverse array of promotional strategies and methods, including press releases, newsletters, profile and feature articles, website and social media content development, printed media, marketing materials, editing and layout, graphic design, and book publishing services. For more information on how Pedal Down Promotions can become your fast-track connection to success, contact Jeff Pedersen by email at pedaldownpromotions at gmail.com or call 920-323-7970. And Will, do you want to run down a little bit of the show here? Of course, I would love to. Yes. So we're going to start with the news. We've got our asphalt side, our dirt side, and then we're going to introduce a kind of new segment for the news section, the yep. rumor mill. Yep. Uh, then we're going to talk about some feature winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's brought to you by Sage Fruit. Um, then we're going to go to upcoming races and finish it off with our interview which is supposed to be Carson Quapple. It's supposed to be Carson Quapple today, yes. Uh, we haven't exactly heard back from him um, in a little bit, so if that happens, that's great. Um, if it doesn't, then uh, next week, I can't say our, our interview next week will be with Ben Schmidt, uh, which will be really cool since he just reeled off uh, his first feature win of the year after just about the worst start to a season you could possibly imagine. Yeah, it's cool to see him get that win this weekend at Plymouth. Yep. Um, but, uh, he did a sick burnout afterwards. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was awesome. I posted that. That got a lot of love on Twitter. Um, but our new segment, we're going to kick it off, is presented by Recognition Race Products. On warm summer nights, as the sun goes down and the sound of revving engines fills the air, the passion for racing carries an energy on its own. We offer everything drivers need to take that passion to the winner's circle with the most complete selection of parts, gear, and tools available. Recognition Race Products is your local source, featuring products from over 630 of the world's leading manufacturers. We promise to keep you on the cutting edge of the racing industry recognition race products we make it easy visit us online at go to rrp.com or at our store at 118 highland avenue in plymouth wisconsin and to kick off 
uh, the new segment. This is kind of a we've got a couple. I mean, F1 didn't race this last weekend, but we've got a couple big nuggets of news uh, from F1 and the FIA in general. Uh, the first one, F1's banning party modes in engines for Spa. Basically, what a party mode is in an engine is kind of turning it up to 11, so to speak, where it puts the engine literally firing on just on all cylinders and just the max amount of power that an engine can bring out. And you would think, well, wouldn't they just be running that all the time? No, it doesn't work like that. Because no, because they, can only, they can't only they can refuel during a race. Yep. And they have to make the fuel tank last the entire race. So a lot of time they're worried about fuel. Mm-hmm. So they just crank it up to 11 with that uh, yep. it's basically, party mode and just kind of go as fast as possible. It's been, and The biggest team that it's supposed to affect is Mercedes, and I know that's kind of where this is coming from because if you look at the gaps between – there was a really great video that uh, Racer, I believe, on uh, or The Race on YouTube did – uh, and it was it had like graphics where it showed the gap between Mercedes and the next fastest car in Q1, and then gap between Mercedes and the next fastest car in Q2, and then in Q3, and then you could tell in Q3 when they turned that party mode on in the engine, it was a like tenths more of a gap between Mercedes and the next fastest car, which most of the time has been Red Bull, um, but it's just. The problem is, is that Mercedes is has come out and said that it's actually going to help us in race trim, because they said for that one or two laps that they put that car in in, qual- in Q3, that takes about 25 laps worth of race time off of the engine. Mm-hmm. So their their engines now are going to last that much longer in the races and be that much better for you know the longer races that we have this year which is so it's kind of i think it's going to kind of backfire on the fia a little bit i think that i don't really believe that at all like i think that's just them trying to get their leverage back to just leaving the party modes there Mm -hmm. that's just my thoughts but (laughs) i may i i'll probably be get shown wrong here at uh at spa this weekend who knows spa that's a huge that's a big engine track that's an engine heavy track i mean Maybe it will help people like Red Bull and uh, the pink Mercedes, but... The problem is that Honda's shown that they actually have a faster engine in a straight line than Mercedes. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see how that works out. I mean, we saw that last year with Pierre Gasly and a Toro Rosso beating Lewis Hamilton to the line in a drag race, you know, down the front stretch. So, I mean, it showed that their engines are very capable, so... You know, I think it's just kind of that party mode thing that Mercedes has been developing for so long. But you know, we'll see that will all that'll all kind of unfold this weekend at Spa. And speaking of awesome racetracks, the F F one has added four more races to their schedule this year to make it seventeen races on the year. Um, and will you want to run those down for Absolutely. us? So at the end, they're tacking this on at the end of the current. Mm-hmm chunk of races so november 13 or the race is november 15th they'll be in turkey at istanbul park then they'll have a double header as they like to call it two weekends in a row at bahrain on november 29th and december 6th before making their finale at abu dhabi on december 13th yeah and bahrain's a great track um i love racing it in all the games and stuff like that but more importantly, it's produced some really good racing. Abu Dhabi's kind of meh, 
but it's where they traditionally have ended the season in the past many years. I don't know how many years that's been. That is now. a night race, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's always cool so, to see. Cool. So is Bahrain. So is Bahrain. So that'll be interesting. I'm assuming they'll do one in the night, one in the day out there. Uh, but then one I'm really excited for is the Turkish Grand Prix, which is going to be at Istanbul Park, which for the longest time, the last time that F1 raced there was in 2011, and there was, like, it came out in a news article that it was being turned into a car park. Hmm. And so everybody for the, and then there was nothing after that, so we just assumed for the longest time that it was a parking lot. And then now it's turned out that it it was never turned into a parking lot. The track is still there. And F1's going to go back. And I'm really, really excited, not just because it's a great track, but it has produced some really, really good racing um, over the past, you know, the past few years that it was there, in like 2010, 2011, 2009, stuff like that. So I have really, really excited. That and Imola, I'm very, very excited for. And to cap off our Formula One chats today, <laughs> this is just kind of a fun little tidbit that I found. Uh, Helmut Marco, he's the Red Bull Racing Advisor. He he claims that Formula One or Formula One teams are closer to autonomous driving than Google. You know, <laughs> with their autonomous cars, yeah, which is <laughs> a little interesting. Uh, I, th- I think it's kind of it could be taken two ways. I think you might be saying that it's just such a well-oiled machine that it just works like an autonomous thing, but it's also like. Is it just that much data-driven where the cars can almost drive themselves? Is that what he's saying? Who knows? I just thought it was a little bit of a bold statement. It's a bold... I mean, but his helmet Marco also. I mean, he's kind of known for that stuff. I mean, he came out last year and said that Gasly was terrible. So... (laughs) And he's still racing at one of his teams. Yep, yep. So... (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about the Indy 500. Yeah, we gotta talk about the Indy 500. Um, so Honda, they kind of dominated. They were one, two, three, and four. Yeah, and then Ray Hall Letterman landing in first and third, uh, really impressive. Also, Spencer Pickett before he crashed out, obviously was running in, I believe, the top fifteen as well. Mm-hmm. So, and he's come out himself and said that he's terrible on ovals. So that's a that's a good sign for uh, the Ray Hall Letterman landing in team. Uh, however, the big thing that obviously the controversy was that it ended under caution. Um, and I, there was a lot of uproar initially about it because everybody's like, oh, it's, they call it the greatest spectacle in racing, but it ended under caution. But then you think about it and you go back and obviously the race ended after Spencer Pickett crashed into the pit attenuator, which is basically just a huge piece it's a, of... It's a wall separating the pit lane. And yeah. The, obviously all walls have to come to an end. <laughs> yeah. But it's a, it's a piece of... Was it plastic or is it like some kind of wrapping around tires stacked together? Yeah, it's like a. I assume it's kind of like a PVC type situation. Yeah, something but like it's that. filled with tires in yeah. there. And then there's safer barrier behind that as well. So it's it's very safe, but at the same time, it's it takes a long time to put it together because it's like a very intricate stacking of the tires and like it's all done in a very certain way to make it the safest way possible and apparently it would have taken over an hour to fix that was a statement from IMS themselves and then IndyCar does not have a green white checkered rule so even if they 
you know, even if they just ran caution laps forever, they would have had to red flag it and wait uh, an hour for that to be fixed, If even if they did do that. And then on top of that, if they had had another yellow in those last, you know, three laps or whatever they would have had After left. the hour of repair, it would have just been like a, oh. Yeah, right, and then they would end under yellow anyways because there's no green-white checkered rule. So I think it was the right call um, for all parties involved. The only thing that I saw that wasn't good was they had Spencer Piggott was laying on the track with uh, medical personnel attending to him and there were still cars going by at 80 miles per hour how fast however fast they go under caution which, well like a like a sprint car you can't really stop right, them yeah. and turn them off because then they'd have to be restarted by the crews again my so my thing that they well could, just keep it going I mean my thing that they could have done was they could have just brought up they could have just called the race early just thrown the checkered flag brought him down to pit road and just called the race there because what's i mean i get the point all the cars have to have enough fuel to make it the 500 miles so they have to complete that but at the same time i felt kind of felt bad for the, all the medical personnel and stuff and i feel like they could have put safety first there but um speaking of spencer pickett he was taken to the hotel or hotel he was taken to the hospital uh, for observation, uh, but he was released early Monday morning, and like by early Monday morning, I mean like 1 a.m. or something like that. So he wasn't there very long, um, but still, that was a really scary. Oh yeah, that threat. was a bad crash. Yeah, that was that could have been a lot worse. And Paul Tracy uh, on the broadcast, he brought up a really good point that that arrow screen uh, probably did a lot for Spencer there because with all those tires that were in there, and then the tires flying off his own car. You know, and with the halo there as well, you know, that's that probably saved him from, you know, probably a little more injury than he would have gotten or, you know, did get. Um, but just thankful to have that there, as well as Oliver Askew uh, spinning down to the inside wall. That was a really hard crash that was as a well. Really bad crash. So, a couple bad wrecks that, you know, I mean, would did the arrow screen make a difference would it have would they probably still have been fine anyways you know nobody really knows but i think it did make the cars faster well i agree i think it really because it the air just flows a lot easier i think over the cockpit now instead of just kind of getting all swirled around in the cockpit and then coming back out above the driver they had the fastest lap since 1996 was it 231 something that was qual yeah qualifying in uh one of the first practices I think the second practice or third practice, they hit 233 miles an hour. Which is insane. I mean, they yeah, – that's just crazy. Um, but this was this was kind of my little nugget here. Uh, <laughs> it might be a little bit of a hot take, um, but I really think Takuma Sato is in top 10 to 15 drivers of the 21st century. And I don't know if you, you can agree with that or disagree with that, but – well, we know never really hear anything from him unless it's in the Indy 500. But he's won a lot more IndyCar races besides the Indy 500. Though he won two races last year that weren't the Indy 500. Did he? I, I, yeah. I don't really follow IndyCar close enough to. Um, it, but I feel like whenever I hear hear Takuma Sato, it's Indy 500 winner, and I don't know how many IndyCar races he's won. I guess I'll look. I think he's won five or six, maybe including the Indy 500. But for me. It goes all the way back to him in F1. He's the only Japanese driver to uh, stand on an F1 podium, I believe. Only Japanese driver to win the Indy 500. Um, and to do what he's done in multiple disciplines with F1 and IndyCar, 
you know, race at the top level, and especially in F1 where he was at a he was at a Honda team that was not mm-hmm. good, like not good at all. And I know Rahal Letterman Lanigan's been competitive, you know, recently. In the past couple of years, they have they they haven't been at the level that Ganassi and Penske's been at. So to do what he's done, and he was a legitimate championship contender last year. So to do what he's done in the cars and equipment that he's been in, I think says a lot. And I know everybody thinks, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's crazy Sato. He just goes in and sends it all the time and wrecks everybody else's stuff. But at the same time, what he did in the Indy 500 was really impressive. Like, he was so patient with lap traffic uh, and just kind of picking them apart. And that was really really impressive and people saying that Dixon had that thing won I was like Sato was gapping him yeah by the when the yellow flag flew up or flew so I don't know I think that I I just really I'm also a really big Takuma Sato fan so I'm a little biased but um I really think he's in you know if you put him in a list I feel like you could really put him in the top you know 15 20 top 20 drivers for sure um uh, of the 21st century dating back to 2000 so you get his F1 stuff in there as well but I don't know what you found over here so in 11 years in IndyCar mm-hmm. he has won he has raced for 4 teams 176 races he okay. has 9 poles and 6 wins Okay. with uh, 13 podiums so that was about right yeah. 6 wins so I mean it's a long career but again it's there's a lot of you know it doesn't show the years that he was stuck in a bad team or whatever. And the same, same kind of deal in F1. You know, I really think if he got a top level drive, he could have won a lot of races. Like if he was in Red Bull and stuff like that, I feel like he could have won a lot. Um, or not Red Bull was at BMW, uh, back then. But yeah, I don't know. Really happy for Takuma, uh, to win the Indy 500. I know you said you would have wished Scott Dixon would have won, which I don't agree with at all. (laughs) Why do you like Scott Dixon? I don't know. I like Scott Dixon. <laughs> my, my pick was actually Alexander Rossi yeah. to win the race, but uh, we'll talk about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was issued an unsafe release penalty, which I didn't even know existed in IndyCar. I thought that was an F1 thing. Um, and then he tried to drive through the field and then wrecked, and then he proceeded to blame the stewards uh, for his DNF and him wrecking the car, which I thought was a little funny. Uh, because, you know, his team, they did release him right into Takuma Sato, but then they showed a replay, and he would have released just fine, but there was some kind of issue with the right rear tire. Like, I think the, the tire changer dropped the lug nut or something like that, uh, or it just came off, came out of the gun or something. Um, but they released him out into the path of Takuma Sato, and they made a little bit of contact. Um, and I really think that, I don't think he needed a penalty. I think that... You know, he lost the spot to Takuma anyways in pit road, so I think that was penalty enough. But then they gave him, like, they put him to the tail end of the longest line, which I felt like that was really harsh because at Indy it's so hard to make up that much ground, you know, in a short amount of time. And there was only, I think, like 40 laps left or something like that. So, but he tried to drive through the field and then uh, just overcooked it into turn two, I believe, one time and just wrecked. So and then he was really angry and was interviewed and, and basically told the stewards to f off <laughs> and uh, he blamed them for him wrecking for him wrecking the car, mm-hmm. which you know I get you're trying to come up through the field but also like 
you know, to first, what is the, to finish first, first you must finish. Right. That's the, that's the saying. So, I don't know. That's kind of, I don't know. I think that probably wrap up our Indy 500 little deal here, unless you have anything else. No, I don't have anything else, really. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about more Indianapolis racing later on in the show. Yeah, absolutely. But as for now, let's kind of look into the NASCAR stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elm, Eric Elmerola, Kyle and Kurt Busch are locked into the playoffs for Dover after Dover, mm-hmm. just based on points alone. Yep. And then uh, Boyer, uh, Matt DiBenedetto, um, William Byron are above the cutoff line, while Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, and Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell are right below it. So it says that it says on their website that Christopher Bell is still eligible, but there's only one there's one race before the playoffs, right? Well, if he wins it, it's his. Oh, yeah, I guess if he wins. But if cuz it said it was like he was like 195 points back. Yeah, if he wins it, he bumps him. Is it if you win and you're in the top 20 in points, is that what it is? Or something like that? There's yeah, I think top 30 because doesn't it mean that like if anybody wins, they get in the chase? Or in the you have to be, I think you have to be dedicated, like you have to be a full-time Cup Series driver. Okay. Like you have to be, you have to claim that you're running for Cup Series points as opposed to like an Xfinity or Truck Series. Like okay. That kind of excludes like your Ross Chastains yeah. and other guys who run in all three series. Okay. Like that. And also, I think you have to be in the top 30. In points or something? Yeah. Which... Okay. If you got like a, that's kind of the rain delay rule, I'd like to call it. Oh. For like your little teams at Daytona <laughs> who pull off a win like Spire last year. Yeah. It's cool to see, but also that's like a playoff spot that like a top team could, could have. Yeah. Which I, I'd agree with the, that the little team should be able to get in it. I mean, that's a guaranteed top 16 of points for them. Yeah. Right. Which, which there is a lot more money in being in the top 16 than being, you know, 25th. 26 somewhere around there um so that'll be kind of interesting i don't know who do you think is going to make it in i think jimmy johnson's going to make it in. i think william byron's going to get bumped out let's see here Which i don't really, really i don't really know the points i know byron and johnson are very close i think jimmy johnson might edge jimmy it. johnson's only four points back yeah i think johnson might edge byron just at, at daytona on the plate track mm-hmm. otherwise i want to benedetto to get in um I'd also like to see DiBenedetto, and I'd also like to see uh, Tyler Reddick in there. Yeah, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, either one of those I would like to see. And I would really like to see C. Bell in there, but I don't think he's going to win the race. You know, I, th- I feel like that's kind of really his only shot, isn't it, if he if he won. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. but it, And it's also going to be at Daytona, which is throwing that gate completely wide open mm-hmm. for anyone. Daytona is going to be... I like it as the season finale because yeah. everyone has to work so hard to get themselves locked in before Daytona. Yep. And then also gives the guys who are battling, uh, maybe who don't, who don't have the best equipment, it gives them a shot to really put it into the championship contention. Like maybe they like, could, yeah. maybe they couldn't at like a Charlotte or a Texas. Yeah, or something like that. We got a lot of thunder going on here today. Um, and then Chase Briscoe won the Xfinity race in his backup car, so I'm assuming that meant he had to drive from the back if he went to his backup car. I don't think so. No, because there isn't there isn't practice and qualifying. So oh he, right. 
So, so he, he just... might still have the start of the back, but that's probably just due to the fact that he... I think he wrecked Saturday. Okay. So a lot of... I think a, a half of your starting position is... Uh, based brought, off where based you... off where you finished the previous race. Okay. So he may may have started near the back just based on that. Still pretty impressive though. I mean that, that means I mean they, you can obviously transfer some of the setup stuff over, but it's still a different car. So they make the car so good now that it's yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, all I right. Think, let's yeah. uh, talk to let's talk about what you all come to listen to now. <laughs> the dirt stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Larson, he wins the Hoosier 100 from 22nd. Uh, he qualified on the pole, almost broke the track record. Uh, the, the only reason he started in the back is a whole bunch of teams changed a changed rear tires before the yeah before the they all changed. There was like six or seven teams that changed the right rear tire um, before the before the race went green. Uh, I actually sat down and watched the whole thing, um, and it was just. Like, all of a sudden, they're watching... Obviously, the cameras follow the top four or whatever. And four laps in... Or nine laps into the race, he was up to fifth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is going on? And then they had a red flag, and then it popped up that he was up to fourth. And that was with ten laps into the race. And they had a couple more red flags, and the first, like, 30 laps of the race were really rough. I mean, they had a lot of wrecked cars... Uh, one guy went to the hospital for observation, so it was really, really rough. But then he took the lead from, I believe, C.J. Leary around the outside on a restart, which was the cool, the one of the best moves I've seen in a long time. He chopped him pretty good, but also Silver Crown cars have spotters. Yeah. So and I think it's okay. Of, it's okay of a move. I mean, the spotters definitely should have been communicating where they were in relation to each other. Well, I mean, he chopped him, but at the same time, it, I feel like he was far enough in front of him. And also, C.J. Leary, like, yeah, he got chopped, but then he just completely stood on the brakes and rode all the way up the track and then let uh, Tyler Courtney get underneath him. So I was like, like, okay, you didn't really have to do that, but I feel like he was overselling it a little bit. But I don't know. That was still really impressive. It was a really – I think it was a really awesome move. Um but you know what? I also thought when Larson passed Logan Schuhart and slapped his <laughs> front nose wing off, I thought that was a good move too. So maybe I just like uh, like dirty moves like that. But uh, he also swept. I mean, side note, he swept the World of Outlaw weekend before that race on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, both races in North Dakota. I think they said before he raced North before that weekend, he had never even been to North Dakota, like in the state. Yeah, like he'd he never even been there. Just. And he won both of them. And the one race, I mean, Logan Schuhart did just about everything, including wreck him. Uh, he, did, yeah, he did hit him. Yeah. And it like, went down to the infield. By the way, did you see that World of Outlaws official that was sitting in a Yeah, he UTV? was on a, full, like a four-wheeler there, yeah. and Larson came within inches of hitting and him. And he just didn't know. And, like, he I, didn't move no, after it. No. And, like, also, why are you that close they said it was the guy that puts the chalk line down. Yeah. But why are you there 30 laps into the feature? <laughs> like, it was really strange. Uh, but really lucky that Larson didn't just T-bone him. But, yeah, then the amount of time that Larson made up on the white flag lap there was just unbelievable. Yeah, his entrance into turn one was... I don't know how he made up all that time, but he, he did it. And, obviously, we all saw yeah. the... 
out of turn four, he went up top and crossed him over coming to the line. Which was, again, just an amazing move. And other side note on this Hoosier 100 deal, uh, both USAC Silver Crown dirt races this year have been won from 22nd or worse. Uh, Shane Cottle won from 23rd at Sealands Grove earlier this year, which, you know, it, I don't think it takes anything away from what Larson did, but I think it just shows how those USAC Silver Crown races are so much different than a normal, like, sprint car race. They're a lot longer, that's why. Yeah, well, they're, I mean, they're, they're 100 laps. But it just, it kind of shows that the guys that really know how to work their way through the field, they really shine. Because Shane Cotto finished really well at uh, the Hoosier 100 as well. Um, right, let's talk about some local racing yeah. for a little bit here. Uh, Blake Nimi really impressed all of all the fans. Yeah. On uh, the All Star race at Wilmot on Friday night. I mean, he beat Aaron Reitzel in in the dash by just about a straightaway, which I mean that's no easy feat. Uh, and then in the feature led probably the first ten or twelve laps um, until he actually. <laughs> Got a little bit blocked by uh, in lap traffic by our guy Sean Ray Hall, <laughs> but uh, you know it wasn't Sean's fault or anything. It's just the way it worked out and just lap traffic. It's just what happens. But then I uh, lost the lead to uh, eventual winner Corey Eliason, and then was running in third, I believe, uh, right behind Reitzel and was duking it out with him. And then on a restart, Ian Madsen punted Tyler Courtney when Courtney was up to second after starting 10th and then both Blake Neamey and Bill Baylog who Baylog started 15th and was up to like 7th or something like that and both Neamey and Baylog got taken out in that like Neamey just pancaked into the side of Tyler Courtney and then uh, Bill just barely nicked the front of uh, Tyler Courtney's wheel and just like broke something on the front end and had no steering so Really unfortunate for the IRA guys, but they really, really impressed. Um, and obviously, because uh, Aaron Reitzel, at some point in the feature, Aaron Reitzel actually spun out uh, and then had to go to the back and was working his way through the field that Russell Borland just wasn't letting him get by. Um, and Borland actually beat him uh, to the line. Mm. And so Reitzel got up behind Russell Borland and sp spun him out after the checkered. Um, and there was nothing done from either the All-Stars or the IRA, nothing. Um, and then Reitzel punted somebody else after the feature as well. I don't remember who it was. But, I mean, it was just really bad. And then his teammate, Ian Madsen, was running Josh Boffman's car. And nothing was done when Ian Madsen very clearly went into turn one and just punted Tyler Courtney out of his way. So it was like, it was just really strange. And I don't know if it's just kind of a thing where a little, maybe a little bit of favoritism going on there with that 87-17 team, but you know you'd like to see some kind of, I don't know, some kind of action happen. But I guess it is what it is. Um, but our boy Sean Ray Hall made his first career All-Star Circuit of Champions feature in only his second attempt. I guess pretty impressive. But yeah. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Sean. I wish I could have been there to see it. I like watching the pro progress that Sean has been making in sprint cars. Should have won the B main. Just saying. <laughs> I didn't. What I don't know what happened. To oh, the we we were leading the B main by half a track, and a yellow came out, and Todd Dawn got past us on the outside. Oh no. Yeah. 
So we were really disappointed with that, but you know, it's just kind of the way it goes. I mean, we still made the feature and then, you know, after Sean kind of actually realized like halfway through the feature that he had actually blocked Blake Neme and probably cost him the win. So then he just honestly he just stayed down to the inside and just stayed out of everybody's way because he realized that, you know, if I'm going up and racing these guys in lap traffic right now and blocking them and doing all this, you know, idiotic stuff, they're going to remember that if I'm ever racing up front with them mm-hmm. and they're not going to race me cleanly. So it was really smart and it you know, just kind of stayed out of the way um, and, you know, brought it home in one piece, which is awesome. It can't be said for, like, five other cars in that field. So um, there were, at one point, five IRA drivers in the top ten during the feature. It was Blake Neme was leading. Bill Baylog was in, like, sixth or seventh. And then it was Jeremy Schultz, Jordan Goldsberry, and Scotty Neitzel. And they were all in the top ten. That's really cool to see with a, a national touring series, mm-hmm. like the All-Star Circuit of Champions. I mean, it's kind of it shows a lot too because the IRA runs at Wilmot so much, you know, and they, it's I mean it is their home track, quote unquote. But Blake Neme is has been so impressive this season, you know, especially after coming back from a year and how long out of racing entirely, and then to come back and he got a podium with the IRA, and then comes back nearly wins an All Star feature, and then backs it up on Saturday night with another podium, you know, that's really really impressive. Um, and then obviously I've touched on this before, but Tyler Courtney got spun by Ian Madsen while running second. He collected Baylog and Nimi, and then because of that, Jeremy Schultz was the highest finishing IRA driver in eighth. So a good run for Jeremy Schultz, um, which he's quietly put together quite a lot of good finishes with bigger touring series this year. Um, but yeah, you want to take this next one since it's at your little stomping grounds there in Plymouth? Sure. Uh, Justin Schmidt, he wins the... PDTR late model championship by two points over Turk Letizia. I didn't even know that that was their championship night. I didn't know it either. <laughs> like, why is it so early? We like because we're racing they don't, for like a month. They don't have any more late model races because what you, do you think, mean? There's there's going to be a late model race this Friday. It's there's Thursday is the Rush Shuffler tribute, which yeah, is why is non points? Why that was non points before the season's always non points. That's dumb. And then the uh, the Friday race is a Dirt King sanctioned race. And then after that, there's no more late model racing in Plymouth. That doesn't make sense. I mean, if it's co-sanctioned, it shouldn't really matter. I don't ask me. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but then, uh, well, the the cool thing was that it was two points. I mean, that's and Turk Letizia went into the night leading by two points, and then Justin Schmidt won. He had to win the feature to win because Turk Letizia finished fourth. If he had finished second, they would have tied for points. I believe Schmidt still would have won a count back for wins, but I'm not I'm not 100% sure about that. I don't know how exactly how PDTR does that. Um, I would assume it's count back. Um, but then we jump to another late model. Uh, again, Kyle Larson, I mean, just what else can this man do? Um, he's going to race a late model this weekend. Kevin Rumley's late model, by the way, which is a hell of a piece of kit. Uh, that thing is quick, quick, quick. Number six car. He's racing that this weekend in Pennsylvania with the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series. Um, I think they have a big like two-day show out there or something like that. That's why the World of Outlaw Late Models are off this week. Um, but if he wins in a late model, I mean, wins either of those races... 
Well, there's nothing else anybody can say. Well, he's never been in a dirt late model before. He tested it like twice this week. And that's it. That's the only experience he has in a dirt late model. I, I don't know. Is that on, I think is that on Dirt Vision or I hope it's on Flow Racing or something he's like that. He's on Mad Nav TV. <laughs> Will just made the worst face. I don't, I don't <laughs> have Nav TV anymore. No, I don't either. But because it's that Lucas Oil series yeah okay because lucas oil owns mav tv I believe. yeah yeah anyway we don't we don't talk about off-road racing anymore or no. any at all <laughs> ever Wait, ever really <laughs> which is sad since we have probably like the best off-road track in the world is in wisconsin at crandon so but... uh <laughs> travis pastrana is going to come up and race in the pro 2 class at the crandon off-road championships which i actually don't know when those are but i mean that's kind of a big name that's going to come racing northern wisconsin and i feel like we should talk about that more because that's like a huge it is a huge event up at up at crandon i've always wanted to go maybe maybe this will be the year who knows uh but then we gonna have to close off our dirt news with some sad sadness knoxville announced that they have come to an agreement to close the raceway for the season and i wrote here everyone was infected with covid yeah, it, it just was, seemed like a lot of the a lot of the crew and a lot of the drivers were infected with COVID mm-hmm. uh, sometime during the Knottville Nationals weekend. Yeah, and, and there was people saying that oh, it was before Knoxville. I was like, no, I don't, I don't think, I don't it was. believe that at all because there's no way that all of these people who were in the same exact place. Either way, it doesn't make it any better if it no, was before. No, it doesn't make it any any better because that means. I mean, it's just it's a terrible situation and i feel like knoxville kind of made the only decision that they could and it was actually the Mar- marion county fair board uh voted on it i think they have 24 members or something like that and they all vote, and the majority obviously voted to close it for the season but it's really too bad i mean but after that weekend you had to kind of see it coming uh, i mean also along the lines of coronavirus news of the four crown nationals at eldora correct they're pushed back to 2021. My favorite big event of the year. I mean, it's all of the big series. All of them. World of Outlaws, All-Stars, all the USAC divisions, and also the USAC quarter midgets. Yeah. Which, they're there. That's cool. <laughs> they, those guys rip. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> those little kids, they rip. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, but that's sad. I mean, it's just really sad. It, it, for me, it's kind of interesting, too, because didn't Eldora just announce this ginormous race coming up? Yeah, soon for late models. Yeah, super late models. It, it's almost like a draft. Yeah, some invitational thing. But then, like people, you can vote on who's invited and stuff. So I, I don't know. I don't get how some tracks can plan these ginormous events while others are closing, and then, but also they're canceling other events at the same tracks that they're scheduling big big events at. It's very confusing, but I guess it's all kind of. I'm guessing it goes back to the bottom line somewhere. Uh, but now we're going to introduce a new little news segment here, new segment within a segment, uh, as Ray Underwood would like to say, the rumor mill. Um, and we're going to start it off with some juiciness from the MSA. I didn't know anything about this. You put this in here. Yes, I did. Why don't you take it from the top? So I heard at Wilmot um, from a source who will not be named. Uh, that Can't some, name your sources. No. That's not, not good journalism. No, it's not good journalism. Uh, but it was somebody who I would think would know what they're talking about. Uh, but something was found in Travis Aarons' car behind the tap gauge. Uh, now, 
I'm not saying this is true or false because I don't know. I truly don't know. This was just told to me by somebody. Uh, but that's why this is in the rumor reel. This is, you know, it's going to get some people talking about some different things. But, you know, if there was something found behind the tat gauge, how, how was he allowed to race this week? I don't, I don't think that that, I feel like that's probably not true. But there must have been a reason they took his mag. They did not say anything about it in the driver's meeting. Really? They didn't say anything. They just said uh, that they tore down a car in the driver's meeting last week. Yeah. They didn't say. They didn't name names, point any fingers. They just said they tore down a car and they uh, they sent out some parts from it. That's it. That's all they said. Wow. At that point, everybody knows whose car it is. Like. I feel, I don't know. That just seems over the top. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just so touch and go because, I don't know. It's it's just unfortunate, and I feel like they should just find something and get it over with. But, whatever. Um, Angel Park is not to race this season. Um, you know, there's been, there we had a rumor last week. That, that something might happen there, and now it seems like they're probably not going to race this season and possibly ever again under their current ownership. I hope that la- I'm okay with the not racing this season because just the current circumstances, but mm-hmm. the possibility of never racing again, oh, man, that makes me upset. That's like my favorite racetrack. Um, I try to go to every single one of their events. Yeah, I guess we can all agree that it's one of our – favorite racetracks in Wisconsin if not everywhere um, I've, I've been to Eldora and I'd probably pull Angel Park before yeah Eldora yeah I mean it's it's really sad but I think the situation down there wasn't good to begin with because it all it all goes back to insurance uh, because the way that Angel Park does their I mean well, well everywhere does their insurance you can't pay for it by race anymore you have to pay it by year so even if Angel Park if Angel Park opened up for two races this year, they'd have to pay for a full year of have, insurance. Exactly. So that's it's kind of where they're at, but they also they were never racing that many races in a year. They were they were only doing special events. They raced I think they always shot for 10 events. Yeah. But I mean, you look at you know other tracks that do upwards of 20. It's you know, and they would make a lot of money off of those 10 events because there were only 10 events and they were all really big races but not having the pepsi nationals this year not having corn fest that those are two huge blows to that place and you know corn fest is probably one their biggest race yeah i think again this was told to me in this specific wording where it said possibly ever again under current ownership so maybe there's thoughts of selling it to somebody and which I don't know who owns it right now. Do you know who owns it? Yeah, it's the fire. It's the fire department. Is it the fire department yep. still? The Sun okay. Prairie Volunteer Fire. Because I know it was it. always called Fireman's Angel Park, but I don't know if that was still their current owners. It's leased. I think it's leased though right now to Kenny Brown, or he's the promoter. Okay. So you know, hopefully, that would be really sad if if they had to sell it. You know, but hopefully, if they do sell it, it's to somebody who still wants to see races there. I hope it's someone who wants to see races there every week. Yeah. And I know the Homeowners Association of Sun Prairie would not like that very much, <laughs> as they already complain. 
Which the town kind of got built around the racetrack. Yeah. Which... The racetrack I, was their first people. Yeah, it was there since... You chose to buy a house. I want to say 1903. Yeah. The, yeah, that track's been there forever. And they started racing in the I early, say, early 30s. I think I, 33 is rings a bell. I want to say the only track that's older in Wisconsin is the Milwaukee Mile. That's the oldest racetrack in the country, though. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So, I, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, But then this little juicy little nugget of rumorness here is from uh, old William over here. Uh, But this is NASCAR related. Uh, And you put this one in here. So I didn't put this one in here. So there's been a rumor circling around that there. Well, the first one was that there was a celebrity investor. I did see that one. Rumored for. Uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, but then on Door Bumper Clear, which is another racing podcast by Dirty Mo Media, it's two spotters, I think Joey Logano and Clint Boyer spotters, they kind of go over the weekend, and for some reason, the spotters in the spotter stand, they, like, they're a melting pot of oh, yeah. rumors. Yeah. They just, they talk probably too much. I'm yep. sure the sponsors hate them. Well, because they're up there with each other, right next to other teams, the whole race, so... I I don't understand why. Anyway, the celebrity investor is allegedly Michael Jordan of, you know, the Michael Jordan. As in Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Yes, that guy. (laughs) And there's Uh, also Denny Hamlin is involved somehow. That's interesting to me because does that mean that JGR is involved somehow? Denny Hamlin. But that's what I mean. JGR already has four cars. But I but in TRD Toyota, mm-hmm. they there's a, allegedly a connection there, which I saw a rumor on Reddit. Doesn't RPM run Ford? They do right now. Ooh. However, if I go to NASCAR Reddit, I'm sure it's one of the top things here. But Toyota has. Let's go. No, we'll just filter by hot on Reddit. Hot. Hot. Anyway, <laughs> Toyota has been talking to Richard Petty Motorsports allegedly about switching over to be another TRD funded team. Mm-hmm. And can we just talk about that for a little bit? Imagine the just the collective explosion on Facebook if <laughs> Richard, Richard Petty. Petty Motorsports switched to be a Toyota team. Like I don't have a problem with it no. at all. I like Toyota in the sport. But I'm sure a lot of people just owe my tradition. And, and like also, that. those same people will will get a little bit stirred up, I think, if Michael Jordan does come on as, like, this celebrity investor. Because it's, you know, RPM's the most historic NASCAR team probably on the grid, maybe besides the Wood Brothers. Wood Brothers well, is well, older. Wood Brothers, yeah. So it's, Actually, Richard Petter Motorsports is one of the newer teams in NASCAR, if you yeah, look at yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean, it's still Richard Petty. I mean, his name is associated with it, and then you get a, a basketball star to come in. I think that's mess. cool. I, oh, I think it's awesome. Air Jordan 43. The, oh, that'd be sick. That'd be so cool. That'd be really cool. Anyway, that really does it for our rumor mill. That's kind of an introduction to it. And I think we're going to take a really short break before we get into our Sage Fruit Winner's Circle. Um, but we'll come back and we'll reel off all the features winners from the past week. All right, welcome everyone to our Sage Fruit Winners Circle of 
Oh my gosh, where's the ad? There it is. Sagefruit is a high quality grower, packer, and shipper of Washington State apples, pears, and cherries. We work hard on the farm in the packing houses and in sales to deliver an exceptional eating experience to our customers. For the past 17 years, Sagefruit has been a proud sponsor of Sprint Cars and Sprint Car Racing. We value our relationship with Sprint Car fans and appreciate your continued support of Sagefruit. Ask for Sagefruit at your local grocer. Sagefruit, an exceptional eating experience. And we're going to kick off our winner's circle this week with since f1 was off we're going to talk about the indy 500 obviously takuma sato with the win scott dixon a close second and graham ray hall in third making it to ray hall letterman landing and teams on the podium and pato award was the rookie of the year i believe only two rookies finished the race is that correct i think it was pato and Renus, i think it was pato and Renus vk Renus vk was yeah i think he did he did finish. It had to be the only two that finished. Yeah. There wasn't very many to begin with. No, but I think there were six, and four of them DNF'd, um, I want to say. but Because uh, Spencer Pickett was one of them. Um, he DNF'd, obviously. Oliver Askew. Where did Fernando finish? 21st. 21st? He had a clutch problem. He said they could Oh, that's right. They had to push him every yeah, time every, every time he stopped. Um, which sucks, but at the same time, it's like... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool for Pato. I like Pato Award. I like that whole McLaren team. Uh, pretty cool. Um, and then we'll go to some dirt stuff really quick. Some local stuff. You want to talk about the MSA a little bit here? Absolutely. So we raced at Plymouth this past weekend. Ben Schmidt took the win. Kevin Carnitz, my pit neighbor, finished second. And Travis Aarons <laughs> uh, finished third. Aaron's, that track was so fun. Aarons 12th to third. Yeah, yeah. He Man. Did. Yeah, the yeah. drive off the corner, corner is something else, isn't it? It is. No, there's there was rubber. <laughs> no, I know. There was yeah. rubber off a of two. Yeah, a, a lane down, and there's rubber off a of four mm-hmm. at the very top. And you said you ripped the lip. Oh yeah, in in the B, I had to run the B main. My heat, it was one lane yeah. in the heat race. It was yeah. just gonna finish where you started, mm-hmm. unless you really messed up. It's just so the way what, the MSA is now. Yeah, there's just so many so fast guys yeah. when it's tacky. Mm-hmm. It's. So in the B main, I started third, finished second, and me and Lance, we just ripped the top, kind of nose the tail. <laughs> Ran away from everybody else. A few car lengths. I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't get to watch the race, so I was behind the oh. seat, don't have mirrors. <laughs> I guess Adam Miller finished behind me, but my crew guy said that there was, I was gaining on uh, on Lance towards the end, and mm-hmm. I was pulling away from, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Adam Miller in the B main, and in the A main, it was just this, pretty much the same deal. Yeah. Or on the top until it got blown off. It didn't. In the beginning of the night, the cushion was really folding over. It was really a curb. Okay. But they kind of went out there and they had the push trucks run it in and knocked it down a little knocked bit. Knocked it down a little bit. And they had the late models go after us. Oh, really? Yep. So that was. It was actually. Good. We could run it in how sprint cars needed it. Yep. And instead of that goofy way that the late models drive through right. and kind of blow off the middle. <laughs> a goofy way. <laughs> no offense, late model drivers, just that our car, the way that our cars handle are not compatible. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. They don't so we made, like, together. really good racing. Like, I remember there was, I feel like I had eight cars, like, within my direct line of sight, and we were just running. That's awesome. There were some running the bottom, some, some running the top, and mm. in the restart, it was just madness, because top, bottom, middle, there, we were four wide going into one. Oh, that's awesome. And on, just to kind of show this I was it was like a really fun race I, I just yeah. like to talk about this for just a little yeah, bit yeah for sure there was us in the mid pack 
You know, I'm a mid-pack 360 <laughs> driver. Yeah, a little bit. There's like, from positions like 10 through 16, I think we just flopped. Really? We just kind of flopped right at the final restart. Because I know Tyler was ahead of me, and Jack Vandeboom, and Chris Clayton. We were all, like, together, mm-hmm. and whoever was running the top went to the bottom, and the people behind who were running the bottom kind of ran the top, and we, like, all switched. That's it was, it was That's really, crazy. It was nuts. Yeah, because I saw Tyler ended up finishing behind you. Yeah, Tyler actually started ahead of me, got behind me, threw a wicked half slider. I don't. That's the best way I can describe it. Got to the <laughs> rubber and got ahead of me and Jack again. But on the restart, it I don't know what happened, but I went to the top and we, me, Jack, and Ty were three wide going through three and four, and oh, one and yeah. two. It I don't. It was nuts. It was a really good racetrack. Hats off to Plymouth. I'm literally taking my hat off here. <laughs> and it was it was a great night of racing. I think a lot of people had fun. Quick uh, quick note about the MSA too. They made it on Wing Nation last week. Did we for yep. what? Um, one of our one of the MSA fans, I believe it was Spencer Williams. Shout out to Spencer. He's a listener of the podcast. Follows me on Twitter. Uh, but he posted the whole tweet your seat thing about oh, the cool. MSA, and they featured it. And they they totally butchered Travis Aaron's last name though. They said like Arns or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's great, okay. They... Great job, Ashley Stremmy. <laughs> But they did talk about the MSA for a little bit, which was cool. And uh, Steve Post loves the MSA, and he loves the IRA, so that was that was cool to listen to. Uh, but then we go to Wilmot with the Wisconsin Wingless Sprints. Our, I think this is both of our favorite drivers, right? In the in the uh, in the Wingless Sprints, there, DC Derek Crane I took like the Derek win. Crane. Uh, Chris Dodd finished second. Sean Swim finished third. Um, good Badger. to see Sean Swim back up there. He just had a really bad accident a couple weeks ago. Uh, so that's good to see him back up there racing and finishing well as well. Um, but yeah, Derek Crane, good guy. He's a good guy. He's just funny. He does all the Facebook Live videos and everything. If you're not friends with Derek Crane on Facebook, what are you doing with your life? Uh, you might want to go go shoot for Derek DC, a friend request. Um, the Badger Midgets were at Sycamore. Um, Sean Murphy took home the win. Apparently this was kind of a really big shock. Um yeah, even the Badger, the Badger page said it was like a surprise finish with yeah. Sean Murphy picking up the win. Which I feel like is a little bit of a backhanded compliment to Sean Murphy. Hey, well, take... <laughs> um, yeah. But then Nick Barron finished second, Mike Stroik finished third, and you might notice that there's a name missing from that podium that usually is up there. Chase McDermott Chase. came home fifth. He, he and Sycamore Speedway have not been agreeing so far this year. First race there was a DNF, and now he finishes fifth. And now... He only has a one-point advantage over Nick Barron. Unbelievable. What is happening? <laughs> you got to step up your game, I know. Chase. Come on, man. We root for you every single week. And this is this is the thanks we get. Fifth, nah, fifth not, fifth's not good enough, bud. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, congrats to Sean Murphy, uh, Nick Barron, and Mike Stroik on their podium finishes. Um, IRA at Wilmot on Friday obviously was with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. Corey Eliason took home the win. I love seeing Corey win races. He's a good guy, good team too at the Race Routine Foundation. Uh, Ian Madsen came home second after somehow keeping his spot after punting Tyler Courtney. Uh, then Hunter Schoenberg uh, came home third. Really good run for Hunter. He was really impressive as well. Um, you want to run down Saturdays? Yeah, Saturday's IRA event. Bill Bailout took the win. Mike Ranke almost had a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Mike Mimi took third. 
I wasn't there. You were there. Kind of when when Ru- when when Mike Greinke says he almost had a clean sweep. I mean, he almost had a clean sweep, but Bill Bailey still waxed him by half a track. So I mean, it was there was nobody touching Bill, um, and it was just kind of one of those things. Mike Greinke got off to an early lead, and then Bill just worked his way up from fifth and just set sail. I mean. It, Bill Baylog at Wilmot is just a treat to watch. And even in the All-Star race before he got, you know, involved in that wreck, I mean, he was just flying. He actually had the quickest lap uh, in the feature with the All-Star race and only ran half the race. Hmm. Um, So Bill was flying this weekend. Um, Really would have loved to have seen where he would have ended up on Friday with the All-Stars, but... I th- Didn't Blake Neamey have the quickest time of the night? On he Friday? did it in the dash. Uh, in, in the All-Star race, yes, he had a 12.998, which apparently, this is from uh, one of the IRA scorekeepers, they said that was the first time that a 12-second lap was recorded at Wilmot in five years. Holy cow. Since Or not five years, it was since 2017 when the Outlaws were there. Hmm. And somebody set, uh, I think it was Jake Blackhurst, Set quick time at like twelve point five something. That's crazy. That is crazy. So really good job to Blake. Again, he got a podium on Saturday. I really truly believe that if anybody's gonna dethrone Bill Baylog this year, it's not gonna be Scotty Thiel, it's not gonna be Jake Blackhurst. I think it's gonna be Blake Neamey. He's been quick. Really quick. Um so that's gonna wrap it up for the IRA this week. IRA Lightning Sprints, Wilmot. Uh, again, they were on their Saturday program. CJ Malug took home the win. Mike New finished second. Jeff Schmidt third. Um, apparently, I didn't watch the race at all, but apparently like eight of those things rolled over, which never happens in lightning sprints. Usually they just around the whole thing, single file, and that's it. But apparently they were just going for it at Wilmot. Yeah, when, they, when those little cars, like the mini sprints or the lightning sprints or even the micros I mean mini and lightning are the same kind of cars Mm -hmm. but when they generally when they get too sideways or get into ruts they they're so light that they kind of they're like feathers they Mm -hmm. kind of go for a ride I think the cushion was so good because in the feature I mean Sean went up to the feature on Saturday and gained like seven positions in the last like five laps because he just decided to go up and run the cushion for once and I think that was probably what it was. I think the lightning sprints just all tried to run the cushion. It was just a brick wall. So, But it was quick if you hit it right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's so hard to hit it right in those little cars. They don't have enough power to, like, combat right. being stuck into it. It's With the micros, it was the same way at Angel Park and Wilmot, unless the cushion was, like, super low to the... Yep. Low to the bottom of the track. Because there wasn't even... There wasn't really... It wasn't even, like, the high cushion. It was, like... A new cushion like started to develop like halfway up the racetrack because so many guys were on the bottom. Yeah, that it was it, that happens there with the little yeah. cars there. And so that's what Sean went up and ran, and because he was trying to rip like the top lip, like the leaders were, and it just wasn't working. And uh, he actually spun out trying to do that early in the feature, and then he went up to this little like middle of the racetrack thing. And just started clicking off positions, which was cool. But I, and I think that's probably what caught those lightning sprints out. Uh, but back to the asphalt for a little bit. Will you want to run down the uh, NASCAR Cup Series and all that good stuff? So they had a doubleheader for Cup and Xfinity Series mm-hmm. for the Cup race. Denny Hamlin, he took on Saturday. He took the lead for the most wins in the season. I think it was six, or I don't know. 
just a crazy amount. Yeah. And then that put him ahead of Kevin Harvick. And then on Sunday, Kevin Harvick <laughs> went back and tied him. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. That was then cool. For the Xfinity Series, Justin Allgaier won on Saturday and Chase Briscoe won on Sunday. And Which Chase... day was it that Justin Allgaier went up to AJ Allmendinger and yelled at him? Oh, was man, that Saturday I don't know. or Sunday? I think that was Sunday. I think it was Sunday, too. I don't know what that was about, but that was kind of interesting. And then Zane Smith won the truck race. Do you know who Zane Smith is? He's a truck series driver. Well, thanks, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's won before. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he won in Michigan oh, a couple okay. weeks ago. All right. Uh, but interesting, too, with that NASCAR race, there, I, all of those races were sponsored by Dryden. Everyone but the truck series race. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. See, so, uh, you know, regular sprint car sponsor go sponsor and they sponsored three stuff. cars in the Xfinity series and they sponsored one car in the cup series I liked those dry dry paint schemes they were really simple just red or like full white with the red logo that was cool I like that um speaking of Dryden, world of outlaws they use Dryden for just about everything um they were in North Dakota this week um kind of Donnie shots his little Stomping grounds, uh, and at River City Speedway, Kyle Larson obviously, Logan Schuhart finished second, and uh, Donnie Schatz finished third. At Red River Valley Speedway in West Fargo, which is actually Donnie Schatz's hometown, Kyle Larson took home the win. Brad Sweet was second, and Sheldon Hunshield finished third. Um, there was some stat I don't remember what it was, but it was something about like Schatz not doing well in his hometown or something like that. I don't remember what the exact stat was, but. And it kind of shows that there was Sweet and Hottenshield up on the podium. I still believe, I think Shuhart is still ahead in the points by some weird, Ooh, look. some weird slim little margin or something like that over Brad Sweet. Well, let me just talk about the, the late models while I pull yeah. that up. So the late models were, they had their Pennsylvania swing this week. Um, at Lincoln Speedway, Brandon Shepard took home the win. Rick Eckert finished in second and uh, Ricky Weiss finished third. Williams Grove, Brandon Shepard was out front. Greg Satterley finished second. Rick Eckerd was third. Late models at Williams Grove, by the way, is really cool. They rip around that place. Just the long straightaways. They really get those things moving. Um, Erie Speedway, Dennis Herb Jr. took on the win. His first win in a long time. Uh, Boom Briggs was second. Also real name, by the way. Um, and Brandon Shepard finished third. Um, do you have points up there? Logan Schuhart is leading the points yet. Over Brad Sweet by eight, oh. and then there is a fifty-point gap between Brad Sweet and Donnie Shots. Shots actually closed that up this week because it was sixty-two after uh, the Cappy, so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, and then Sweet took a little bit out of Shuhart's lead, I think, because Shuhart had twelve-point advantage, I believe, after the Cappy. So, huh? That's that's gonna get sweaty. And here. Kyle Larson is leading the series wins. Yeah, I saw that too. And he is at nine wins, and he is sitting 17th in points. Not even running full-time. Yeah, that's unreal. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That's just crazy. Uh, All-Stars, Will, you want to run down uh, All-Stars? So they started their weekend off in Wilmot, mm -hmm. and Corey Lyson took the win, as we already mentioned. Kerry Madsen was second. Ian Madsen. Oh, Ian Madsen. I'm sorry. It just says Madsen <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> on the results. My bad. And then Hunter Schurenberg rounded out the podium. Mm -hmm. And then they went to Plymouth, Indiana. Yeah. And Aaron Reitzel had to win. Shane Stewart and then Hunter Schurenberg rounded off the podium again. Schurenberg had two heat race wins, two dash wins, and then two third places. 
in those two all-star races. That's pretty cool. That was really uh, he ran really really well. Um, USAC, you're our you're our resident USAC expert. So I do like the USAC series. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, as all the biggest race of the weekend was mm-hmm. the Hoosier 100. Kyle Larson took the win as we mentioned earlier, but they also had a asphalt silver crown car race at IRP Indianapolis Raceway Park. Was Tampa. that an exhibition race? It did not. Uh, I think it counted for points for Silver Crown, but not Silver Crown cars, not but sprint, car not midgets, sprint cars so. or midgets. Yeah, just because they only run one or two asphalt races a year. Yeah, but it, they do pay good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Tanner Swanson picked up the win at IRP. Also for sprint cars, Cody Swanson picked up the win in sprint cars, and Bobby Santos picked up the win in the midget. Mm-hmm. And let's also talk about Cody Swanson. Yeah, he made his. Indie Pro, or IR... Indie Pro 2000. Indie Pro 2000, yeah. I don't know. They Those cars, they just have two similar names. I can never keep them straight. <laughs> There's Indie Pro 2000 and then USF 2000. Why are they both 2000? I don't know. Anyway, he, picked, Different he had his packages. debut in the Indie Pro 2000, and he got the win. Apparently he dominated, too. Like, did really well. Yeah. I. He should be at the big track, Cody yeah, Swanson. I think anyway, so. Anyway... Cody Swanson also raced in the midgets and the silver crown cars, and in the midgets, he was good enough to be six quick with the sprint cars. Unreal. He was running really well, too, in the silver crown race, and he, I think, got involved in some accident. He actually flipped a few times on the backstretch on, like, lap nine or something like that. That was the first red flag of the, like, eight. Of the Hoosier 100? Yeah, yep. So... Good weekend for Cody Swanson besides that, though. And I'll take the reins on the power rise here as well. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And so Buddy <laughs> Colfoyd, Cannon McIntosh, and Dazen Persley, they, uh, Keith Coons Motorsports swept the podium. And then our one of our E-Series drivers, Carter Sauerf, he finished fourth. Mm-hmm. And then on the 22nd, Jake Newman, Buddy Colfoyd, and Cannon McIntosh. That's cool to see Jake Newman. Uh, get a win. Mm-hmm. He actually won the very first micro sprint race I took part of. Really? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was cool. He got yeah, another he, claim to fame for Will Garrett. He, he dominated. I I sucked. I got. He beat like Tucker Glassmeyer once in a micro race. <laughs> now he raced with Jake Newman. Wow. Uh, Jacksonville <laughs> to round out their weekend. Buddy Colfoyd, Emerson Axum, and Clinton Boyles. Yeah. I... I've honestly, like, with the midgets, with the USAC being kind of off for a while, I've been following the Power Eye a lot more because um, they have a couple things on flow a little, you know, so, once in a while. I mean, USAC has everything on flow, but those Power Eye midgets are so awesome, man. They're, like, the, they're the same cars. It's just that it's more, yeah. it's more local, mm-hmm. not as much traveling. Yep. But you still get the traveling guys like Buddy Kofoid and Cannon McIntosh. Yeah, Jason a lot of the lead. USAC guys still run Power Eye. Points. Yeah, I know. Like Keith um, Coons has. They, Kaylee, yeah, Kaylee Bryson. They generally have. Coons. It seems like they generally have their Power Eye crew and their USAC crew. Yep. But they still, I mean, the. Keith Coons, I mean, they've run. They've been running, like, their regular USAC people with the Power Eye, like, uh, Kaylee Bryson. They just, been, they just need races. What yeah. Because USAC's been off for so long, and those guys that are focusing on dirt, they're not going to go run an exhibition asphalt race. So it makes sense. Uh, but now, upcoming races. Um, F1's back this weekend at my favorite, one of my favorite tracks in the whole entire world. Um, this weekend at Spa. Um, 
it's always a great race there. The track is amazing. All right, is Eau Rouge? Here's here's a question: Is Eau Rouge the whole corner, or is it just no. the bottom corner? That's Radion, actually. Okay, the top corner. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, the bottom corner. Yeah, is Eau Rouge, and then the top is the Radeon. top is Radion. That's right. That's what I thought it was. I know a lot of people. Do, they just <laughs> they just called the whole thing Eau Rouge. Yeah, which is wrong. WTF one did a whole video about that. I watched it. That's why yeah. I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. It was in my recommended. This you hadn't week. seen that until just now. No, I watched it again. It was that just, was a was, meme last year. It was back in my yeah. Oh, back in your recommended. It'll probably get in my recommended sometime this week too, leading up to Spa, uh, IndyCar. They, I think, well, traditionally they always went to Milwaukee the week after the 500, but. I think the past few years they haven't had a race the week after the 500, have they? They've had a week off. So now they're back this week, though, at Worldwide Technology Raceway on the 29th uh, Gateway Motorsports Park with the Bomberito Auto Group 500. The good old Bomberito Auto Group 500. What a story. The pinnacle race. of motorsport. Yeah. But I do love Gateway. I will say that. And it's kind of close to us down in Illinois. So it's pretty cool. Uh, more asphalt stuff. Will, you want to run down the cup schedule for this week? So NASCAR, they go to their final regular season race at Daytona on the 29th. It is a night, night race. This next streak of five races are all night races. Awesome. And I They think, should bring the neon back. No. No. <laughs> no neon. I do. I get you riled up. <laughs> Xfinity is also at Daytona, but the two other lower series of trucks in the ARCA are... Playing second fiddle to the IndyCar series at Gateway. Mm -hmm. Which will be cool. Also, I wrote in here, major playoff implications. Yes, major playoff. We already hinted on that earlier, but just the gap between who's in and who's out of the playoffs Mm -hmm. are very short, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch in addition to just the exciting plate racing. Yeah, if you haven't watched a uh, NASCAR race all season, um, first of all, what are you doing? And uh, second of all, this is this would be a great one to uh, start watching this week. Um, Badger Midgets, they're going to be off until Sycamore Speedway on the 5th of September, so two weeks from now. Uh, the Outlaw Late Models are off until the 4th of September, so again, two weeks. And the Outlaw Sprints have two races this week um, on 8-29, August 29th, at US 36 Raceway in Osborne, Missouri. And then on the 30th, and I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska. This is like my pet peeve of a weekend all rolled into one. Um, I hate tracks that name themselves after the highways that they're on because I, <laughs> I think it's so lazy. I think um, we're going to – we should make a Midwest Autosport post about all the racetracks near us that have highway names. Oh, my God. It would be so many. So many. Um, but US 36 Raceway is actually a fantastic track. Um, that's one of the, I don't know how exactly how many, but it's one of the very few places in the US where you can run a nine second lap in a sprint car. Um, I know I-55 is one of them. Bloomington, Indiana. Yep, I-55 again, freaking highway names. Um, I just don't, I think it's so lazy. It's like, oh, we can't come up with a name for the track. What highway are we on? Oh, 141. There we go. There we go. It's easy to remember. No, it's not. Um, But the Dirt Kings this week, late models, they're going to be at Plymouth uh, on the 28th this Friday. Um, Also at Plymouth on the 27th is going to be the rescheduled Russ Scheffler tribute. Both of those nights are with all four divisions at Plymouth, and I believe they're points nights for both of them. 
I don't know about Friday night because they're always all the fender cars. A lot of times they run two different tracks. Yeah. So they don't do points races a lot. We're always points. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Yep. Uh, but then Saturday, the MSA is at Beaver Dam. Correct. Correct. With the, with IRA. the IRA. Yep, that'll be cool. Um, All-Stars this week, you want to run those down? Sure. So they have a Pennsylvania swing, I think this is. Yep. Grandview Speedway on the 27th, the 28th, they're at Williams Grove. Lincoln Speedway on the 29th, and the 30th, they're at Bedford Speedway. Um, yeah, this is kind of beginning uh, the month of money for Pennsylvania itself uh, because they've got all these races, and then you're going to start getting into like the Tuscarora 50. In the Open, yep. the National Open. So this is a huge, there's going to be a huge spotlight on uh, Pennsylvania as well as the Midwest, I feel like, with Knoxville closing. Uh, you know, all those regulars are going to look for other places to run, and hopefully. We get some to come up to an IRA show like this Saturday at Beaver Dam. Um, you know, and we were talking about with Sean, too, that we might go run a MOA show on Friday down in southern Illinois. And we were, when we originally thought about it, we are like, oh, okay, it's the MOA. We might be actually really competitive and, you know, nothing against the MOA regulars or anything like that. But there's just not that many of them. So we thought, you know, we could probably pull a top ten or something like that out of there and come away with some decent cash. But then we realized, well, if Knoxville closes... <laughs> All those guys. They're going to go run the MOA show. Yeah, and then maybe even the IRA at Beaver Dam. So, who knows? We'll see. Uh, we just covered the MSA. They're going to be at uh, Plymouth on the 27th, the 28th, and then the 29th at Beaver Dam. Uh, first of a couple, I believe. Do you have a doubleheader next week? No. Just one race. Never mind. Uh, but then you've got a couple more doubleheaders later on in the season as well. I think the last few weekends are doubleheaders. Oh, no, next weekend is a, is a doubleheader for you Where guys. We? It's, well, for you, it's a tripleheader. You've got Dodge County and PDTR, and then oh, you're going to run. Dodge County. Then you're going to run one. <laughs> Not a half-lamp guy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we'll get splashbacks still. Uh, USAC, you want to run those down? Yeah, so USAC, they have their Kokomo Smackdown. So excited, by the way. Always fun. Yes. Love to see the fort, the big sprint cars roll, rip around Kokomo. The 27th, 28th, and 29th. The Midgets have off until the 4th of September. They're at Sweet Springs, Missouri. And the Silver Crown, just off. They're going to they're gonna be off for a while. I they think. have off for a few weeks. We'll let you yeah. know when they're back. Yep. Uh, Power Ride, they're off until September 11th. And also, shout out to all our local tracks. They run pretty much every week here. Yep. Beaver Dams. Beaver Dam Raceway. I don't know why it says Speedway in there. Hey, you wrote that in there, bud. I probably did. Shawano, <laughs> 141, Gravity Park, The Berg, Slinger, Dells Raceway Park, and Jefferson Speedway. Yep. And I think that'll do it for now. And also, we'll... side note, I mean, the podcast isn't going to come out after this is done, but I'm the Thunder Hill Speedway is running their Storm Series again this Wednesday. I'll and be who's up. announcing that? I'll be out there for that, Will. Oh, it'll be great. Um, but no, it's going to be really fun. Uh, that's been such a cool series, and there's going to be really cool things happening for this podcast with some of the partners of that Storm Series as well. Stay tuned for that stuff. Uh, but right now, I'm uh, still waiting to hear back from Carson Quapel, although I believe I might have just gotten a message from him. Um, and uh, we'll plug that interview in right here. Um, and then we'll wrap up the show a little bit later with some power rankings. We've got IRA and MSA to do this week. So All right. Be we'll r- listen to this interview quick yeah. and uh, get this podcast going along. <laughs> that was the <so> worst. <laughs> oh, boy. 
All right, we're going to get into our power rankings now. Hot Farms bullpen power rankings uh, coming at you here. We're going to roll with our professional planning uh, sponsored IRI Sprint Car Power Rankings right now. Uh, will you run a rundown our pro plating power rankings? Sure. So Bill Baylog is staying at the top, and I think there's nothing else to say but nothing. he won it. Yes. Jeremy Schultz <laughs> moves up one to second. What do you have to say about that? Um, Jeremy brought home an eighth place uh, with the All-Stars, uh, and then another strong top five with the I-Rate on Saturday. Um, and the driver that was in second, uh, Scotty Neitzel, just didn't perform that well. I mean, he got a, I believe he got a top ten with the All-Stars, uh, but then on Saturday he really didn't show out like I felt like he could have. Um, and then just because Jeremy Schultz and then the next driver behind him uh, – did really show up. I felt like there was really no choice because they needed to move up, but somebody had to go down, so it was Scotty Heisel. But uh, he rolled off third place here. Yeah, Blake Nimi. Biggest mover. Third. Biggest mover of the week as well. Yep, that was, I think that's self-explanatory. We kind of yep. sung him high praises earlier in the show. Yep. So, again, he I had to move him up, him up somewhere. Same thing with Jeremy Schultz, so Scotty Neitzel – Moves down to fourth, kind of losing out in that. It's not that Scotty had a bad weekend. It was just he – I felt like he could have done better on Saturday. You know, I don't know the circumstances or whatever, but it's just kind of the way it is. Let's see. Scotty Neisel, he moved down. Mm-hmm. And then Russell Borland, uh, he is in fifth. Yep, moves up one spot. Um, I believe he had a top ten with the All-Stars or close to it. Um, on Friday, and then a top 10 with uh, the IRA. Um, and again, there was another driver who wasn't fourth that dropped down and made it possible for Russell Borland and... Jake Blackhurst. Jake Sorry, Blackhurst. I lost my space on the Jake, You're good. Jake Blackhurst to move up. Both Russell Borland, Borland and Jake Blackhurst move up one spot. Um, and that was because this guy... Scotty Thiel. Yeah, moved down. Um, he had an abysmal weekend. Um, I didn't really hear anything about him. He was nowhere. I didn't um, know he showed up. No offense. The thing, the, th- <laughs> the thing with Scotty, too, is he was running around on Saturday looking for – well, he didn't show up to the All-Star show. He just didn't race. Um, and Or maybe – I don't remember. I don't think he did. I actually don't, I actually don't know. Uh, I don't think he did. Uh, but then on Saturday, he was running around the pits looking for a part for his car because nobody had one. And – then apparently he had to drive like two hours away to find it at some auto parts store. Hmm. And just like one of those deals, and I don't think the car was running that well. Uh, and I believe he pulled off, um, you know, with like five laps into the feature or something like that. So rough weekend for Scotty Thiel. He moves down from fourth all the way to seventh. Um, so Scotty kind of on a downward trend the past couple of weeks here. Let's see if he can change that at Beaver Dam this week. All right, Jordan Goldsberry. Um, also tied for the biggest mover this week. Uh, moves up two spots. Really impressive on Friday. I believe he hit a top 10 with the All-Stars. And then, if I'm not mistaken, top 5 with the IRA on Saturday as well. It was either 5th or 6th or something like that uh, for Jordan. So, really good run for him at Wilmot this weekend. Then, coming in ninth, Sean Rahal. He moves down. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have a choice here. Um, you know, he had a good result on Friday, I think. But I felt like we still could have done better just about all weekend. Uh, we had some circumstantial things that just didn't work out for us and some issues on the car and stuff. But it's still, you know, 
it's not things we necessarily could have prevented, but it's still thing issues that went wrong. So uh, that cost us results. So uh, move Sean down one spot into ninth, and then Dave Utech rounds out the top ten. Yep, and Dave, I kind of felt bad moving down, but at the same time, I didn't feel like I could justify moving Sean down any more than one spot. Um, and Jordan Goldsberry needed to move up. So Jordan moves up two spots, and that kind of let Sean only go down one spot, and then Dave Utech goes down one spot. I felt like he probably should have stayed the same, um, but he's still in the power rankings. He, uh, I believe, was the quickest qualifying IRA driver on Friday, uh, which was really impressive, but then just fell off later in the night. Uh, he went second to 10th in the feature on Saturday with the IRA. So, I mean, it's kind of, or not second to 10th, but some something he started really far up front and then uh, lost a bunch of spots. So it wasn't really that he had a bad weekend again, but it was just the results could have been a lot better. So that's kind of the way I'm justifying moving, down, moving him down one spot. Uh, but, yeah, let's go on to the MSA. A lot less movement there. A lot less movement. I think I only see one, two, three, four. Only half of them have mm-hmm. moved. But there was some... There was a big yeah. jump. Yeah. Uh, Travis Aarons, Brandon McMullen, they stayed at the top. Uh, ben Schmidt is their first mover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moves up from third to second, or uh, from fourth to fir- third, excuse me. And he switches places with Kurt Davis. Yeah, they just flip-flopped. Uh, and that was mainly just because Ben did really well. I mean, he won the feature obviously um led most of it and then kurt i think finished like sixth something like that so i mean again it's really harsh when you're moving somebody down for finishing in sixth, but it's just the way the msa is this year you know if you're not finishing up in the top five and i've got you placed in the top five here you're gonna end up moving down because odds are somebody behind you finished ahead of you so uh ben moves up into third kurt back to fourth and then Justin Miller and Lance Fosbin are staying in the same spots as last week. Yep, both of them got, I believe, top tens. Lance got a top ten after coming out of the B, I believe. I thought he only finished like one spot ahead of me. He or maybe he was 11th, 11th or something like that. He was but close. It was still, we both yeah. came out of the B. Still, both of you guys had a good run coming out of the B. So. Uh, Kevin Carnitz, he was the biggest mover. I think he jumped two spots from ninth to seventh. Mm-hmm. And he just had, I think he just had a good night. He, had se- he finished second. So, really good run for Kevin. He's had a couple good runs here in the past couple weeks. Justin Erickson, he's been pretty much a sneaky top 10, top 5 driver all night. He stayed in the same spot. And for some reason, I moved up, and Tyler Tischendorf also moved up. <laughs> you got to stop saying for some reason. There's always a reason, Will. No. Um, the reason that you moved up, uh, and I feel kind of bad about this, but Brandon Berth, I'm not sure what happened to him in the B, but I said he finished dead last. Oh, he smacked the wall hard. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, like, there was a lot of carnage in the B-Main for some reason. Okay. Like, at some point, I don't know who it was, but they, their car was, like, in the driver's compartment of Scott Conger. Jeez. It was, like, Brandon Berth was in the wall. Preston Rue lost a torque tube. Wow. It was just laying on the... I don't know what was going on. I don't know if drivers were confused by a big cushion or, huh. or what, but... Yeah, there was just a lot of stuff going on in the B main. So, I mean, either way, Brandon missed the feature um, and obviously wrecked out of the B. So he moves all the way out of the power rankings. Uh, He'll still be, like, in that next five in kind of thing because we know he's a really good driver. um, And he was on the uptrend before this last week. So um, we'll see what he does this week and go from there. But I had to move in this guy because he's been so impressive the past couple weeks, Tyler Tischendorf. Um, 
I believe he's got a couple heat race wins now this season, and then finished sixth in the feature, sixth or eighth, I couldn't remember, sixth or eighth in the feature on Saturday. Um, top ten, I mean, for a guy in his second season, that's really impressive. Both him and Justin Erickson, I feel like, have been the most impressive second-year drivers, maybe besides Brandon Berth. Um, but it, for sure the most consistent, Justin Erickson has been. Uh, but Tyler Tischendorf has been very good uh, the past couple weeks as well. So he deserved a spot, I think, in the top ten this week. And that will wrap up our power rankings this week. Yeah, and I think that's going to wrap up the show. But we have an announcement to announce. Yeah, we have an announcement to announce for an announcement. Yes, uh, so we have an announcement coming in the next week. <laughs> it sounds so stupid when we say it like that. Uh, but yeah, we've got a really big thing coming. Uh, as many of you may know, the first season of our podcast is wrapping up our last season, our last episode of the first season, 25th episode of the podcast. We'll yeah, I don't know why our season just doesn't end at the end of the checkers on Wisconsin Sprint Car Championship night. Championship night. Because that's you the can way, take that up with Lauren. That's the way Anchor wants to do it. So, uh, but no, they just it works out with the twenty-five episode thing. It just they don't the numbers don't go up higher than that for some reason. Gotcha. Well, so, we're not taking any breaks. We're just gonna keep no on no we're gonna along. keep we're gonna keep on trucking. But we've got some different sponsors. New sponsors. New sp- some new sponsors entirely as well. Um, some sponsors. Sorry, there's a garbage truck outside that's just deciding to do all this stuff right now while we wrap up the show. Um, but yeah, we've got some new sponsors coming in. Um, some sponsors that have like come back in different ways, and some sponsors that are just back in the same way as well. Um, and we're gonna have a little bit of a format change. Yes. Which that's the only hint I'm allowed to give. Yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. We're, yeah, I'm excited for it to keep yep. being it's, a part of Midwest Auto Sports. Yeah, it's fun, man. I think it's gonna be really. I think it's gonna be really great. Uh, it's just gonna kind of take things to a new level, I think, which is gonna be really. That's another hint for people, uh, you know, if they wanna kind of guess at what's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, and then next week on the show we'll have Ben Schmidt, obviously winner of the MSA 360 feature. Really looking forward to asking him about how. Uh, you know, coming back from that unbelievably bad start to the season, uh, and then to nag, snab, oh, I meant to say nab a win uh, this last week, so that'll be really cool. Uh, but as this garbage truck continues to just ruin the outro of the show here, uh, I think that's just about it. Uh, share us with your friends, all that stuff. Yeah, listen on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. And uh, those are the big ones. I'm sure you can find us on any other streaming, mm-hmm. podcast streaming service. And Yeah, that's all I have. I think that's all I have as well. Thank you all for listening. Keep it flat out. And talk to you next week. <laughs>